Hello, everyone. Crypto traders around the world. Crypto Talk Radio, Basic Cryptonomics is back with another episode. Thankful for you joining us here today. Let's kick this off real quick. Won't take us long. We've got a couple bits and bulbs to get out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. CryptoTalkRadio.net is the site. You can check out all of our various episodes, download, listen. We appreciate if you'd spread the word. The more people that we get listening to our show and our various episodes, the more people we get on board with what we're doing. The greater we can be, the more we can serve you. We appreciate you. We appreciate any word that you can spread as well. And CryptoTalkRadio.net continues to be updated. We are adding content constantly until we are satisfied with the outcome. So keep tuned on that same channel for more and more to come in the future. And we will let you know anytime that we make any changes that are significant, at least, or anything that's new launched. Of course, our Triad membership in the upper right corner, click that, and it'll let you know about the different plans that we have available if you want to support the show. Keep us doing what we're doing. Pass up us a little bit of money. It's not a lot, but you get a lot of value for each of those tiers. Check that out at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Let's go ahead and get into our internal news for today. Good news, as far as the Endeavor, at least, and then we'll get into our days for cryptocurrency. So the Endeavor is at settled state. They've calmed down. They recognize, you know, that Lysta was telling the truth, and they gave my credit. So they're, everything's settled state, at least for now. now. How long that lasts, I can't say, but everything's in a good spot. We are now working a new project initiative that was reprioritized, and then they're pretty much leaving it to my devices and to making it work. And then we had the other person I called out that was having some issues. He's kind of settled state. Of course, I have to have more chats with him separately, but I think we're in a good spot for now. Whether it stays settled, I don't know. Roller coaster might come back at any time. Who knows? So that's all. I just wanted to let you know. And then that means that I'm not going to be, unfortunately, not moving. I had other issues with the relocation. That's not going to happen in July for sure, like I plan to do, because I can't find a place that's has acceptable terms, reasonable terms, logical terms, sensible terms, and seems like none of these orgs want my money. It's actually hard for me to buy a car because every one of them want me to finance, and I'm not wanting to finance. I'm coming with cash. So it's it's a weird time, and I'm just not playing the ball. I'm not playing the game, and I'm waiting for them to calm down. I could go to some other state, and I thought about doing so. Problem is my client needs me to be in their state, and their state seems to be the worst that I've seen overall of trying to just get into logical, I don't mind certain application terms, but what they're asking is unreasonable and I'm not agreeing to it. And so that's my current tussle. And I have to find that there's some way that I can still meet what the client needs without me physically being there, you know, whether that's just a address of some kind or something else. And I haven't solved that. So I got to figure out what that means. And the other piece is I found some really nice ones and I think they'd be flex, but they want like 6,000 a month. They ain't gonna work for me, brother. So that's where I'm at. On cryptocurrency side, I know you've probably been watching graphs. If you're listening to me, you've probably been looking at graphs and kind of wondering what's going on. And I said in the last episode, I didn't think that the green was going to sustain, and it didn't. I felt it was too early, although I'm still on my Q3 binge. (laughs) I I felt like it was too early uh, for that run. It, It seemed like it was a fake out, and it seems that was the case. And Bitcoin dropped below the 20,000 mark. Uh, lost a lot of the resistance that it had and started trending downward. And of course, everything else followed suit shortly after. And there's, um, it's hard to know, right? That, because initially we, there was theories that the United States was just dumping, dumping. But then 
Other analysis seem to identify that now Europe might be playing a factor in other countries where they may be uh, India selling off a lot of the cryptocurrency. And that's kind of odd because you don't expect that from those countries. Usually, again, normally it's the United States. Now, because I'm not there, I don't really know how the, you know, the tax situation might work or if there's other financial motivators to it. The Celsius paying back the loan seemed to give us a little bit of sentiment. Um, some of the Bitcoin payoffs seem to give sentiment. So my theory, and it's only a theory, I don't have any evidence of this, but my theory is that there may be something else specifically with Bitcoin itself. I know that the mining has been hurt. There was an issue down here in Texas in the United States where the mining farms, apparently they, there was something they said about heating or something where they, the power, something went weird and they couldn't run the farm correctly. So I don't know if that might be playing factor. I don't want to blame climate change because I'm not really sold that there's a direct correlation there. But I am saying that there seems to be something weird with mining on one hand and then you got sentiment on another hand and you got other factors that are unrelated like the stock market. So there's a lot of things coming into play. I don't know what impact, if any, the Elon Musk situation might have played. And with the Elon Musk situation, as I said, I don't believe it's a back out. And that's how the media is presenting it. That's how social media is presenting it. I believe he's he's playing his card smart. He's saying, what you told me is false and I'm not paying the rate because the data was not supportive of the rate. What we need to do is get the correct data. And, if we, and this basically forces publication of that information. We'll know how many truly are bots, how many are truly fake. And that means that Twitter has to do more due diligence than they did. And if it turns out that there's an excessive amount of bots like we all suspect to be the truth in cryptocurrency at least, then that means that Elon is entitled to offer a lower rate and the board has to be acceptant of that. And it helps people be smarter. That a lot of, there's actually photos out there floating around that a lot of the tweets out there are literally just bots that are copying the same thing to sway a narrative, whether that was January 6th or it's, COVID or it's whatever, there's something out there that there's pushing a narrative and trying to convince and influence people to a certain thought process, but it's really just a bunch of bots, largely driven by certain select people. So this is good. I think it's good for the social media space in, in general, but also good for cryptocurrency because cryptocurrency is arguably inundated with bots. We all know it to be the truth, so I'm good there. But my thought was perhaps the backing out of the bid to be clear, might have had some impact on stock, which has a correlation, unfortunately, to cryptocurrency prices. This is all speculation. I have no evidence, no proof, no data to support that yet because we haven't done discovery yet. On the other side, I'll briefly talk about Satama because I know that there are some people that are at least interested in Satama that follow us on one of our platforms. And I did a video on YouTube very recently. I do encourage you to check that out. Just look for basic cryptonomics on YouTube if you don't know how to get there. Or you can go to cryptotalkradio.net slash YouTube. That'll get you there. And the video I just basically talked about, you know, I haven't gotten any V2 airdrop. And the amount of tokens I had from mining profits was well over the threshold. So I should have, but I didn't. Now, the on the other side, which is weird, I had a dusting amount, like maybe like a million, nowhere near on one of the exchanges left over, and that one got its drops. So maybe the exchanges just said, you know what, we're just going to drop everybody regardless. Um, but the wallets, I know they had a lower threshold in the millions. This was well over that, so I should have gotten the drop. Because they did it in reverse order, they did it from largest wallet to smallest, 
it allowed essentially the whales and some of the devs to dump off the profit, which basically let them recoup at the expense of everybody else. That's kind of a, that's kind of a Ponzi scheme. If you think about it, you're not really supposed to do that. And they misrepresented how long it was going to take. They straight said, it's only going to take quite a few days. And I have a screenshot showing this. So they're just jacked up all the way around. And it, it tells me they haven't really fixed their core problems. And I don't know if they ever will. I don't know where they go from here. Uh, they seem to at least have a plan, but we don't know if they're ever going to get to that, that point. Uh, if they're going to get to a point of solvency, I still maintain as long as you have the cult leader in the head of it, you're not going to get any success because it seems like he's part of the reason why things are incompetent. And they spent a lot of money and waste a lot of money. And this V2, mind you, by the way, is not renounced as far as I know. And the liquidity, the new liquidity is not locked yet because they can't because they're doing the drops, my understanding. So there's risk all the way around. As a result, people are trading V1 even now because V1 is basically a standalone contract at this point. Now, whether or not it has enough liquidity to sustain, because you can go into Uniswap and create your own liquidity pair and profit off anybody who's still trading it. So technically, it's still an avenue for profits for those that are interested to recoup some money. I'll high level talk about Libra because there are some people I, that follow me on the YouTube side that are curious and interested about Libra, and I have not talked about it, and it's mostly because nothing's changed and I'm not interested in what they're doing, which is going all in on the miner. I understand that it's got the profit capability. The problem is that I've always only ever cared about Libero, and I maintain that. I feel like you should not just spin up a new shiny until you fix what you currently have. I believe you should fix what you currently have and make it whole and not just jump to something else, because when you do that, all you're doing is alienating the people that are sitting over here. And the liberal folks, that price just keeps going down. Well, they've done all these gimmicks, right? They've changed the emission rate, dropped it down. The APY has dropped down. The rewards have dropped down across the board. Then when they launched Libera Bank, at first it was good, and then they dropped the rewards. So now it was worth anything. Liberator Bank launches. It initially was good. Then the rewards dropped because both of those were dependent on Libero's activities. So the, what I did in my announcement here, and I'll say it to the podcast folks and then maybe later on the YouTube side, what I did is I took my Liberator, that stuff I had in Liberator Bank, which was at the time my largest stake, I took all that and I just did the withdrawal so that it does the 90% penalty. And it'll it's not a lot of money, so don't, don't think you're going to get rich, but I just I took it, did the withdrawal from the 90% to where it gets redistributed to all current uh, holders in the product because I think at this point, it's, there's no reason to have kept the Liberator and you're thinking it's crazy. I, I wasn't worried about it. All of its money I could throw away. I was always at profit with the liberal ecosystem, so it didn't matter to me. I just felt like, let me just do that. It'll help at least a little bit. It's a pittance, but it'll help at least a little bit to those still holding the project uh, while we try to weather this storm. The other thing is I've not bought any more into Libero, but I did. I have my F Libero stake still, and the F Libero pays pretty high. It's 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 high. It's got to be like four to five bucks a day in just rewards, even though they cut the emissions on it, and I can tell they did. So I get paid a lot, and then I looked at the history of buys. So <laughs> there were people that spent like $1,000 to get 300000 F Libero, my stake, I've got a million F Libero and it's only valued at about 130 bucks. That just puts you in perspective of the price declines across the board, across the ecosystem. Regardless, F Libero is still paying me really good rewards. So what I've been doing is taking the rewards, just the rewards 
from the F Liberal Bank, converting them over to Binance and then just dumping it off into the miner. So I'm not paying out of pocket, but I can at least give into the miner um, so I can watch it and, and really test it, uh, kick the tires. Because I can't do the auto compound, that means I have to do the manual. And then all of those are just recompounded. I don't claim anything because I figure what's the value of claiming it? There's no none because it's not, even though it's Binance USD, there's no real value in claiming it because ultimately there's nothing else for that amount. I'd rather just put it back in, put it back in, put it back in, which is what I was doing on the Liberal Bank before they tanked it. I was just taking the profits and reinvesting it back into the bank. Only reason I stopped is because the value is not there anymore. And then with Libera Bank, it never paid enough benefits, in my opinion, to make it worth doing any of that. So it's always just sat there and then it gives Libero rewards that don't accrue that fast. I might get 10,000 Libero every two weeks or something. It's a joke. So I usually just take those and either zap them into something or, you know, whatever. I don't keep anything that's there. Everything Libero at this point, I don't think about in terms of profit. I think about in terms of investment. I just kind of dump it back in there and say whatever because it's not worth it right now. Now, I say this, and the reason I broke that down of what I did and why I did what I did, I believe that once this comes out, once we start seeing some positive price movement, it's naturally going to raise the price of everything. It's naturally going to raise the floor and it's going to raise the price of everything. And the burns continue. So there's going to come a time when everything Libero, Libera, et cetera, is going to have some positive price movement. Part of what we see with the trending downward is some of the decisions they made. Part of it is because of the larger issues happening in cryptocurrency. So I'm going to give it some time. And I don't, want to, I don't want the money to leave the ecosystem. Like my biggest concern was I don't want holders to sell. I don't want people to leave. At the same time, I can't advocate that they just hold. So if they've locked in the bank, they really have no choice. They could sell and drop 90 and it wouldn't be worth much. I wouldn't advocate that you did so. But I did just because I wanted to help everybody else because there was no reason for me to hang on to that. None. So that's where I'm at. That's the reason I haven't done excessive coverage on Libero at this point or Libera because nothing's changed. They're all in on the mining. And I don't personally agree with it. I will say that the price movement of Libera is not directly correlated specifically to the mining, although that may be part of it. It's not directly correlated. There are other things changing under the hood that I believe are having more of an impact on the price movement of Libera, in my personal opinion. So we'll have to give some time, wait and see how this all pans out for the Libera ecosystem. Finally, as my close, um, I did the HODL token with uh, Adam Roberts. That episode's in the archives at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I do recommend that you listen to it in its entirety because one of the things that they were talking about with the way the project's built and a lot of the mechanics They've tried to build it, not just to behave as a business, but also to sustain and create passives and, and help survive in a bear, but also be sustainable for a bull. And there are a lot of things concerning when you do auto scanners. The reason I'm calling them out is because I had talked to him and he seemed pretty open about at least looking at the EverOwn and EverLock tools to help mitigate the perception that there's any sort of a risk. I recently looked at a, I had a follower on YouTube. He mentioned something brought to attention, said, take a look at this one and see what you think about it. And it was Titan Finance. I'm not going to do a coverage here on it. I just wanted to call out one thing I saw about it, uh, which was that they have their liquidity pool on, 
I've, I think it's Orion swap or something. Some of the swap I never heard of. And as a result, when you do a scan on it, it will flag you. Like if you did token sniffer, for example, it'll flag literally a zero score because it doesn't see that there's, it doesn't see there's quote enough liquidity. It doesn't see the liquidity's locked. It doesn't see this. It doesn't see that. It's not a honeypot because you can clearly sell, but it doesn't have the fundamentals because one thing that these scanners are assuming, and this is a flaw, I think, of cryptocurrency in general, the scanners are assuming certain swaps. So if you're Ethereum, they assume that you're going to Uniswap. If you're Binance, they're assuming you're going to PancakeSwap. If you're Avalanche, they're assuming you're going to uh, Trader Joe, I believe it is. If you're Phantom, they're assuming you're going to Spooky Swap. They make assumptions as our switch swap. For Binance, as an example, there's these other swaps, you know, buy swap came out of nowhere. And, and then of course this Orion swap or whatever it is. And there's other swaps out there that you can swap, but nobody really uses those. Uh, Thorium has its own swap, but you can't always see it. And some DEXs are not exposed to the scanner tools. So you'll see flags that say that the liquidity is unlocked or it's not enough liquidity. When the truth is it's just in a different swap. Now, I don't know what that portends P O R T E N D S as far as, risk like for example the you know the cynical side of me the tinfoil side of me says well that means that basically somebody could cheat these you know the various tools by just giving enough to make the tool happy and pancake swap but then lock all trades unless if you go through that or make it to where there's no locks at all when you go this way but you have to go but over here you get ripped off and, and then they only advertise it like there's all these risky things that come out of that. And I, it got me thinking because, you know, Libera, for example, you have to get it from buy swap. You can't get it from pancake swap. And I don't know why there's a rush to all these other swaps. Frankly, I, I think I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. I, I'm not. Um, I think pancake swap is far superior to buy swap, but at the same time, I don't know if it's a red herring and it's just that the tools are not up to speed. I, I think as we come out of this, whatever we're in bear situation, I think we got to get smarter about the tools for certainly, but also the swaps and how we onboard the swaps and what does that mean? And how, what, how do we really measure liquidity? The challenge is that the blockchain doesn't really know directly unless we tell it, it doesn't really know about liquidity pairs. It doesn't really know about the financial solvency of a project. It doesn't really know much except for what's in the contract. So, it may be that the blockchain simply is immature and there needs to be more data given to it as to the state of liquidity and we require it. And then the different swaps are constantly checking against that blockchain source. Because remember the whole point of blockchain was to be that definitive ledger. So if we're not using liquidity as part of that, I think we're, we have a gap and we have missing data that's important to keep people safe. If we were to use blockchain in that fashion, then we can have the swaps measure their own liquidity against what's reported in the blockchain and constantly keep it in sync. Like to me, it's kind of like a accounting process, right? You have a bank and your bank has, you know, $50,000 on hand at any given time and $2 million in the depository offsite. Well, on a daily basis, you would collect the tills and you would tally everything up and say, we started with 50,000 today at the end of the day, so we're 24 hours in crypto, but at the end of the day, we're left with 20,000 or 25,000. 
So we know that we need to request X from the depository and then that shores us up and then we receive that depository amount as of this time, like stamps that just track the history of liquidity that somebody can then query and see what was really going on there. If we were able to do that, that would help avoid or at least identify risks around liquidity dumping, whether it was drain liquidity or exit liquidity or scams of that nature like with SafeMoon in that situation, because we'd be able to tell, okay, at this point we had this much, at this point we did a deposit, but then somebody else withdrew this much and it was this wallet, and we could tell the story, which we can't currently tell. So I, we have some of it. I'm not saying it's completely not there, but I don't think it's there at the liquidity level that I would want to see, which is the equivalent to fiat, how much money literally is drained out of the project and how much money is being added to the project and what are the sources of that ad at a granular level to where it's easier to trace all that stuff. Now it's possible it's buried somewhere and I don't see it. I've looked for it. What I'm looking for, I've never seen it. All of that data usually is tracked in the swap itself. And that to me is a risk of itself because you have to then go and do the correlation and you don't get all the data necessarily. Plus there's people that can create pools that are not part of the main development. Like anybody can create a liquidity pool. So that creates another gray area, which is why I want the main blockchain to have some level of tracking of that data as a secondary source of the information that's compared against the swap, in my personal opinion. I think there's a lot that we need to do as we come out of this, because a lot of this would have helped with some of these issues like no rug pull with, with Luna. I think it would have helped to know exactly what was going on under the hood that the layman user could put the story back together and really start enforcing some of this on some of these people. That'll do it for today's Crypto Talk Radio episode. I want to thank you for listening today. We know you've got choices. CryptoTalkRadio.net, if you would, we would appreciate. At the very top, we have a contact form. Fill that out. Let us know what your thoughts are. If we're doing great or something you don't like, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you don't mind spreading the word, we would also appreciate that. If you think other people would benefit from the type of coverage that we do, we work hard to try to be different than every other type of podcaster or YouTuber that's out there. So hopefully we're on track with that. Finally, our YouTube channel, of course, is that Basic Cryptonomics. If you want to find us on there, those are dedicated, specific, exclusive types of episodes. So you'll hear things there that you won't hear on the podcast and vice versa. Check us out there for more quick and dirty coverages. Until next time, take care.